The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Mike, Mike, I appreciate your positive outlook. You sound like you're in a good mood. Just great to be here with you fellas tonight. <laughs> well, that's about as good. <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> Look, I know you guys are going to be so down about the Bills. What was it? What was me? It's one game, right? One game. Where else would you rather be than right here? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to your week one recap edition of the Circling the Wagons podcast. I'm your host, Nate, joined by the original co-hosts of the podcast and my high school buddies, Mike and John. Fellas, how are you? Doing all right. Doing great, Nate. It's good to be with you. Good, good. Well, that's about as good and upbeat as it's probably going to get in this podcast because holy hell, the Bills were destroyed by the Ravens 47-3. to If this was a Little League baseball game, it would have been run-ruled by the beginning of the third quarter, thus saving the time and energy of all the kids and the parents that came to watch the game. We have a lot to discuss, along with the winners of the End of the Drought graph from our Twitter retweet contest, Um, but just overall, just general view of the game, guys. In my opinion, the game looked like a JV team versus a varsity team, and the score pretty much showed it. The Bills were completely outcoached, and all of our worries going into the season came true for me. I thought the offensive line looked terrible. They couldn't protect the quarterbacks. They couldn't make any running lanes for the running backs. And the quarterbacks couldn't find any open receivers because they didn't seem to have any good weapons. So um, I saw, just real quick, they just didn't look prepared. But that was kind of my overall thoughts on the game. John, what did you think? What did you see? Well, uh, I'm not really sure, Nate. I still have to go back and look at the tape. Nice. You know what's kind of funny? I mean, it's not even tape anymore, right? Like they're not actually looking at tape. No, no, it's it's definitely digital. It's it's it has it is not Kodak film anymore. It has been digitized. Right. Yeah. Is that what McDermott said? I haven't even watched the post game press conference. He basically said, is, I mean, I know that's what he said all last season, but is that what he really said? Yeah, he he continues to say that. Yeah. It, despite the game, but yeah, I mean. All three phases. I mean, there were there were maybe a couple 
you know, good plays here and there, but all three phases are completely dominated. Coaching obviously did not have the team prepared. Um, I don't know what to say. It was just really bad all around. What do you think, Mike? It looked on the surface like they got outplayed. Also, under the surface. And I, I, I agree. I agree. They got outplayed. I'm trying to look for positives. I think the positive takeaway is even at 47 to 3, we know momentum is huge in the NFL. When you get behind and you have to play catch up, the Bills are not designed for that. Um, we know that. So it totally takes you out of your game plan. Um, I think if you could play the game again, um, it wouldn't be quite that lopsided. So I don't think we should completely lose heart. Look, if you're going to fail, better to fail fast. So in that regard, mission accomplished. I'd rather them get blown out and realize they have to make a change, um, move on from Peterman, get going with Allen, rather than rather than lose 2017 five games in a row. I'd rather get shellacked in one, make the necessary changes, and come back to fight next week. So I guess... I guess what bothers me is, is like I mentioned earlier, the things that the things that we were really worried about in the beginning of the season, you know, before but things that we had seen in preseason definitely didn't improve um, when the regular season came around. Now you have to take that with a grain of salt because Mike, you know, with kind of with what Mike said, because the Baltimore Ravens are a very good team. They've always been a very good team. They're a very well coached team. Um, with John Harbaugh, so they always come to play. They're rarely on the forty-seven to three losing. <laughs> side of a game, but, um, the things that the bills had issues with at the beginning of the season, the preseason training, small, short guys, just getting run past. Like there was a, a clip of the cover one posted of Ryan Groy, um, just letting his guy walk right through. Like it was no joke, like walk right into Nathan, Nathan Peterman. And it was just like, he just didn't see him. Like you're the center. Like, you know, exactly when you, when you hike the ball, you should be ready for that guy to come across. So, I mean, LaShawn McCoy, I mean, this was kind of, I mean, there was nothing for him to, there, there was nowhere for him to run, basically. That and On the other side of the ball, let's, like, let's talk about the defense really quick. Um, obviously, the quarterback play was terrible for both Peterman and Allen, mostly Peterman. And uh, I was really hoping that Allen wouldn't get tossed in as early as he did, because he didn't have anything better to work with. But um, the defense didn't look good either. I mean, they they were thrown on nonstop. I mean, they were okay, I guess, as stopping the run, and they weren't really beat deep a whole lot, but they just gave up the entire middle of the field. I don't know, it was very it was, it was demoralizing, I think. And I and I'm worried because all the things that we saw at the beginning of the season that were wrong ended up coming to fruition. So so real quick, let me go back into the defense real quick, John, before I give you your your podium. Um I guess I guess one of the we kind of thought that the offensive line was going to be bad. The quarterbacks weren't going to be too good. The weapons that the quarterbacks have were lacking. But um, I guess the biggest disappointment to me watching the game was that I saw a team that spent all of its money in free agency on defense, plus a lot of its draft capital on defense, and they just got lit up by Flacco and the Ravens to be down like 40 to nothing by the beginning of the third quarter. Um so I, I guess you know we'll talk later if we think this is a trend. I mean, I guess I guess no. Let's talk right now. Do you, do we think that this is something that we can expect to see all season, or like Mike said, do you think this is just a one bad game? I have to think that at least on the defensive side of the ball, that they're going to be better than that. Um, 
I mean, they, they did have a couple of bright spots. Edmonds had some good plays. I thought Milano had some did play decently. Um, I, I have to think that they're going to be better on defense. All right, well, let's get into some numbers of the game from this last game. Uh, numbers of the game brought to you by our T Public store. Need some awesome cheap Bills gear? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. So the Bills lose 47-3. to Bills quarterbacks on the day, 11 for 33, a 33% completion rate for 98 yards and two interceptions. Uh, Bills running backs uh, had 56 yards on 16 carries. Joe Flacco had 236 yards and three touchdowns and zero interceptions. And I did a quick, did a little bit of math on that. So he only played for 35 minutes of the game before he was being pulled, which by the way, when was the last time you saw um, second string players come in in the beginning of the third quarter, like in any game, (laughs) you know, like it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the, the, the Patriots don't even do that. It's just, Anyway, so but I extrapolated out that yardage total, and he would have had over 400 yards if he had played the entire game. So that's nice to know. Um, You don't see many 400-yard games from Joe Flacco. Let's just say that. So anyway, the Ravens had six sacks on the Bills, and the Ravens fumbled four times but only lost one of those fumbles. So those are our numbers of the game. Um, Obviously, not anything positive on the Bills' side, either offensively or defensively. I mean, when Peterman was going to start, we knew he wasn't, you know, going to be amazing. Um, we were we were just hoping for steady. But did did John? Did you think he was going to be that bad? I, yeah, I I, I did think he was going to be bad. Do you think he was going to be six for 15, 74 yards? Or no, I'm sorry, five. That was Josh Allen's stats: five for eighteen, twenty four yards, and two interceptions. I thought he was going to throw at least a pick six, and he almost did. Yeah. Mike, what'd you think? I think based on last year, he might be okay in practice, but he's not an NFL quarterback. I mean, you you mentioned stats. We saw it last year. His adjusted yards per pass was negative, negative 3.67. So it'd be better if he took a knee every time he dropped back. (laughs) Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I think we've seen enough. Um and like it's time to turn the page and move on. So I guess my my thought on that is um, I really I really do want to turn the page and move on. And I've kind of defended a little bit of Nathan Peterman just because he looked good in the preseason. So you know there wasn't a whole lot. You know, I was like, oh maybe this guy turned the corner. He clearly didn't. And I don't know how many more chances we have to give him because he they play the Los Angeles Chargers last week or next week, and that's the team last season that he had a big issue with that he threw those five picks against. So I'm not sure how you can put Josh Allen or how you can't put Josh Allen in next week to play. But what really worries me is I know Peterman had a terrible game and he did. He even, even when he did have time, he was terrible. But I mean, the offensive line is disgustingly bad. Like, and we kind of knew this going into this season with Eric Wood retiring and Richie Incognito retiring suddenly. And then, you know, they traded away Cordy Glenn and we're like, okay, Deion Dawkins is a guy now left tackle. Okay, whatever. Brand new offensive line. But the guys that they've replaced these really good players with aren't nearly as good. And no matter what quarterback goes back there, unless the other team has a terrible defensive line, they're not going to get anywhere. You know, they won't have enough time to make any passes. So I guess, you know... 
from my point of view, I don't want Josh Allen getting tossed in, and thrown to the wolves, which is what he'll be. If the Bills are going to lose and they're going to be destroyed and stomped, like, hey, let Peterman take the beating. Well, I, I disagree with that. I, I put Josh, Josh Allen in. Um, I mean, isn't he used to playing with not a great supporting cast when he was in Wyoming? Um, he's got to take the snaps. He's got to develop and, and, and progress. Um, I see a lot of people on Twitter and, and saying like, Oh, he, you know, he's going to get injured behind the line and this and that. But by that logic, then they shouldn't be playing McCoy or Kyle Williams or any of these other players because they're so bad. And why get anybody hurt? That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I just don't think, I mean, look, they bro- they put in Allen in the second half of that game. It didn't do any good. It wasn't like they got any closer to winning. So it's like, okay. I think so- you, you, you lose everybody else too, right? Like if, Ellen is your best player and you're not playing him. What's the motivation for anybody else? Okay. Just like the players that, that John already mentioned. If he's, if you're not, go ahead. If he's definitely the best player, I absolutely start him. Absolutely start him. But I mean, it wasn't like he gave a a performance where I was just like, wow, that's like, that's a, that's a lot better. Like, I think he struggled in the same areas that Nathan Peterman did. And a lot of it was because they just didn't have time to make the reads. I mean, we're watching the, the jets, um, lions game tonight. Sam Darnold looks great. And it's in part of it's because he has some freaking time, you know, like amazing what these quarterbacks can do if they have a little bit of time to look through their progressions or whatever. But, um, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm worried about, um, Josh Allen getting the, the, the Trent Edwards, you know, Trent Edwards before the concussion, he's playing really well. And then he gets a concussion. He was never the same player again. I guess I just worried about, you know, ruining our new toy before we even really get a chance to play with it. So I guess let's go over some of the general, um, thoughts we have on the, on the team. So we were, there were some, some terrible, uh, again, big issue this week and this season so far as last season was a huge issue was the pass rush for the defense, the bills defense, the bills defense could not get to Flacco. Flacco had all day back there and not that Flacco is an amazing quarterback, but if you give him time, he'll find receivers open and he was finding them off and he was actually throwing across the field. He was just had so much time. He didn't care where he threw it and he rarely missed. And he was finding guys in the middle of the field. It's like, there's a soft area in the middle of the field, like in the first 20 yards of the bills, the bills weren't really getting beaten deep. Like I said earlier, but they were having issues um, just getting to him. They couldn't get to him just like last season. It's like, where was Trent Murphy? They, they signed the guy. I know he's kind of injured, but was hoping that he would be a full play. And the first thing he does is get offsides or get an offsides penalty. And that's another thing on the offensive side. The, not only was the line terrible, they were constantly getting penalties. And uh, special teams was pretty awful, too. I mean, they they allowed a huge return that, uh, that ended up being a touchdown. There was a neutral zone infraction when the Ravens were punting that led to a Baltimore first down. Hauschka misses a field goal, which he never usually does, and the punter botches a snap, like John mentioned earlier. So, I mean, were there any plays at all that stuck out to you guys? You just like <laughs> were just pretty awful or terrible that I didn't mention just then. Honestly, I, I I'm having trouble picking any out just because there were just so many, and it, it, and I try not to think about too many of them <laughs> because you'll fly into a rage, John. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> Mike. What about you? Were there any plays that just stuck out to you? I thought 
Kelvin Benjamin was disappointing in a couple of different instances. Uh, that was one of my takeaways beyond everything else that you've already mentioned. One thing that we didn't hit upon. Um, he just continues to disappoint for me. Yeah, I expected a lot more from Kelvin Benjamin. I expected him to, uh, I mean, he's not really boxing out these guys like I thought he would, like making those catches above the guys and just, <laughs> his best game is a Bills. Some, I, I thought some of the throws over the middle, like he could have made a, a, a better effort rather than just like raising a hand for the ball. Um, yeah. They're just disappointing. I don't know if it's just he's that slow because he's so big or if he's just not putting in the effort. I, I don't know, honestly. We might have seen his best game already in the preseason against the Panthers. You know, all we just have to do is just have Cam Newton talk trash to him every game, pre pregame, and then maybe he'll get his ass off the turf and actually like catch some passes. Because, yeah, he's, he's, he's a huge disappointment so far. I thought the linebackers were pretty awful today. I said there was no pass rush. The linebackers weren't making a lot of plays to begin with. I, I think they got better as the game went on. I think Edmonds and Milano, like you mentioned, John, were, were, were starting to kind of catch their groove. By then, the game was out of reach. Let's see what McCoy's stats were. Uh, seven, for, seven attempts for 22 yards. Marcus Murphy had six attempts for 31 yards. So speaking of that, hey, let's... <laughs> we, we pretty much talked about all the bad parts of the game. Let's talk of our let's talk about our wall of famer of the game. I, for me, um, John mentioned it earlier. My wall of famer for this game. It was hard to find one, guys. It was extremely tough to find a player that had any sort of positive outcome. And I don't really know if he truly did in the end. Um, but I had Matt Milano. He had seven tackles, two tackles for loss, and one fumble recovery. I mean, that's a pretty good stat line for how awful that game ended up being. So, John, what do you think? Who was who someone that you really liked? Who's your wall of famer for the Bills-Ravens game here, if you have one? Yeah, like you said, it's tough. Um, you know, I mentioned Edmonds and Milano. Um, I thought Marcus Murphy had some good returns in the return game. Um. Maybe, I guess I go with Edmonds. I don't know. Yeah, I thought Edmonds. Hey, he had a couple of pass deflections, showing off some some decent, you know, pass coverage, which is something that we wanted from him. Uh, what about you, Mike? Who's someone you liked? Who's your Wall of Famer? I didn't like anybody in the Bills game. How about uh, former Bills? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Terod Taylor. <laughs> yeah, all the other quarterbacks that the Bills got rid of, having amazing games. <laughs> Well, here's a question for you. I mean, I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick just light up the Saints. If you give Ryan Fitzpatrick the same weapons that the Bills have, does he do the same thing? Does does the weapons include the offensive line? Uh yes. yes. <laughs> if you give him both, I mean, does he come? Could he beat the Saints with those? I don't think so. Do you? Nope. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick does a hell of a lot better than Josh Allen or Nathan Peterman. Well, I, I he'd definitely do better than Peterman. I I don't know, man. It's not a whole lot to work with. Did you guys know that over 30% of the Bills cap space right now is spent on players that aren't even on the roster right now? Yeah, but next year, next year. So they're playing with 70% of maybe a little bit less or a little bit more because there's a lot of people that have dead cap space, but just no one near as close as the Bills. I mean, they're literally, and they've kind of, I feel like the coaching staff in the front office has kind of alluded to, you know, this is still a rebuilding thing. This isn't happening. And I think they are kind of let us all know based on that game yesterday. Um, but I mean, I feel like good coaching staff though would be able to coach their way into a closer game than that. I mean, that just seemed like 
just kind of a, a McDermott I saw in the press conference today talked about how the guys fought and they fought hard. I didn't see if they did fight hard, man, your team is just in desperate need of talent. I mean, what do you expect? They, they traded away a lot of the decent talent that was left on the roster and they got rid of some big contracts, which was huge. But, but I mean, I guess, I guess, well, let's go into our wall of shamer. We talked about the guys we liked. Let's talk about the guys we didn't like. I'm going to put mine as the Bills coaching staff in the front office. I mean, the Bills got rid of Rick Dennison. We were hoping that that was going to be a positive. Brian Dable comes in and they score three points in the opening game. You know, (laughs) there's there's no weapons on offense. The the, the offensive line looks pretty rough. Um, and, And they didn't look prepared whatsoever for whatever the Ravens were going to give them. So, um, I guess I, I put that all on the coaches and the front office, as opposed to the players out there, because they can only do so much with what they have, you know? So I don't know who, who, what were John, what what was someone that, or someone or a team or a person or whatever that you weren't, uh, who's your wall of shamer? Uh, Sean McDermott, for sure. Um, definitely deny have his team prepared. I think he's to blame for, a lot of it. Obviously, the, the players didn't execute either. It, it was just really bad all around. Mike, what about you? Yeah, I guess the same, unfortunately. And, I'd have to agree with you guys. I'd see Peterman, but it was coaching staff that put him, put him in that spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I put the coach, yeah, the coaching staff, the front office. I mean, last season, remember we were thinking, oh, the defense is looking okay, even though they definitely weren't amazing. They were kind of like a bend but don't break defense. They're like, okay, Leslie Frazier kind of knows what they need. Get him a few more players. Get him some, you know, better, I don't know, defensive linemen, linebackers. Get him Tremaine Edmonds. Get him, you know, Trent Murphy, you know, start Tallulale or whatever. Okay, now now he can progress. And he looked like he took a huge step back. So as much as I criticize Rick Dennison, I don't know if Leslie Frazier is all that good of a coach either. You know, I'm starting to question all of these guys, including – I. <sighs> you guys ever go down this rabbit hole where like you get negative and negative and negative. And part of me is like, I was starting to doubt Sean McDermott, you know, as a coach is even a good coach. You know, I mean, I know they, they brought us out of the drought last season, but you know, the more negative I get, you know, the more I spiral down, it's like, I start questioning the whole, you know, I start, I question the process a little bit. Do you guys ever run into that? Yeah, I mean, if you don't like it, we can just wait another year and a half and love another coach. Sorry, I, it's just it's just crazy how like every two to three years they you know have new coaching staff, every four or five years a new general manager. It's like look at the the Steelers; they've had three coaches since nineteen sixty nine. I think this time it's different. I think they they're going to give uh, the coaching staff more more time. I think they're sufficiently impressed. Maybe not with the product on the field yet, but. Um, and I think certainly last year bought them time, but I think the Pagulas are understanding that it takes years with the contracts, the, the way things are run with drafting players. Like I, I think being in McDermott are safe for years. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that they should obviously not be fired this season or, or whatever, but I mean, I just kind of get into that mindset where it's like, okay, well, you know, these, these players aren't playing as well. You know, what, what is so, so I, I spiral down into this negativity vortex sometimes, right? And I was thinking, you know, what if the Bills didn't make the playoffs last season? What if last season was the one where they tanked? They picked up a Sam Darnold instead. Now this season, you know, they have better draft picks. They have this and that. It's like it, I, I, I loved the fact that they ended the drought because they got that huge monkey off our back. But at what cost? You know, I mean, would this is this possibly 
something that, you know, maybe if we had waited two more years and had the drought go 19 years instead of 17 years, we'd be built for success, you know, where we would have been able to trade down a little bit further to get a Darnold. I don't know. It's it, And obviously we're kind of, you know, we're just watching Darnold do pretty well. So it's a little bit different, but I, I, I don't know. Do you guys ever, ever think that at all? Or do you guys agree with that? Or, I mean, I guess we'll just wait and see, right? No, it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, who knows? They could have gone four and 12, like everybody expected and still pick Josh Allen. Um, it's hard to say. Um, I definitely didn't think they would do well last year and, and I, I knew it would take a couple of years. So, you know, maybe they just overachieved last year, made the playoffs. That's great. And just got to continue the process for another couple of years. Um, and hopefully by the end of next year, they'll be on the upswing. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Really? Do I wish they were, they lost last year? Yeah. I, I, I think they had their, their pick of QBs. Like they could have gone up and got Darnold. They, I, kind of lost out on that, but they still might have taken Allen in it too to hear them talk. Um we were kind of surprised they went with Allen. They but they had their pick excluding um excluding Mayfield, Darnold, obviously. Mayfield and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Oh yeah yeah Mayfield. But um it's such a crapshoot. It is. It is. I don't know. Exactly. Well you know let's look on the bright side. You know it was only one game, right? Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. It is only one game. The Bills they can are still go fifteen and one. They they can still go fifteen and one. John, thank you. You're right. They can still, um, you know, next week's a home game. We knew the first three games were going to be very tough. If they go zero and three, we're not going to be very surprised. Especially if the Packers. They play the Packers in game four, so 0-4 is definitely doable if Rodgers continues to play or he's not injured after all. Um, you know, maybe they turn it around. Maybe that was maybe that was a kick in the ass that they really needed, like Mike said. You know, this is they needed to lose bad and be embarrassed in front of a national audience and then, you know, get all of these, you know, be on SportsCenter and get some bulletin material and then be like, you know, you guys need to stick together and, 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 and clean up this mess. You know, as opposed to, like Mike said, losing four games and going, you know, 20 to 17 all four games. And then, like, what have you lost? Oh, we were this close. We're really right there. Whereas maybe they need to be, you know, destroyed to be built back up again. I know that's what we're hoping, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or another way to look at it for the bright side is maybe they end up going 0-16 and they get the number one pick in the draft and they get the next franchise choose your position choose your position so that's another thing so like not to not to go down the spiral again <laughs> what happens if they go owen 16 and the best quarterback available is for them at number one and they're like well we already picked josh allen we can't pick another quarterback like no idiots if there's a better quarterback than josh allen which might be a good thing if he plays the next 15 games they might know for sure if he's really got what it takes you know if, if they showcase and he doesn't show any positive signs or anything like that then they go one and fifteen or zero and sixteen or whatever. They pick that quarterback. I mean, they would they do that? I don't think they would. I don't know. I, <laughs> it, well, it also depends. You know, I don't know anything yet about the next year's prospects, so I think it also depends on on that. But and it's not simply a function of um, you know getting the better player, cutting your losses. It's like how would that impact their jobs? Right? Is it like, oh, we have enough time to, okay, now select 
their next guy and turn around. Most times in the NFL, right? Like if you have a high level quarterback, you're kind of wedded to him and your success depends on his. So yeah. if McDermott, if being think, you know, admitting Allen was a mistake, we're out. Well, they're, they're not going to do that. They're going to hang on as long as they can. Yeah, and hope but, he gets injured or they have some other excuse, right? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> why why stay on a sinking ship if that's what it ends up being? Shouldn't you end up, you know, being – evaluate things for from the a, For the millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if you were a boss, right, and, and, and you know, if let's, let's say you are Terry Pagula, Terry and Kim Pagula, and, um, you know, they come in and they're like hey, – John, I want to be Terry. <laughs> I was just going to say this. <laughs> I think John would make a good Kim. <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> All right. So one of you is John. One of you. One of you is Terry. One of you is Kim. So you know, I'm Brandon Bean. I come up to you and I say, "Listen, like we drafted this guy last year. He was the best guy available, and we didn't think the quarterback class was going to be this good in 2019." Well, now that we have the first overall pick in the draft, we can do one of two things. We can get the guy that we think might actually be better than Josh Allen. Sure, it would have been a wasted pick. We lost a lot of picks because of it. But at least we know now. We have a 50-50 chance that one of these guys is going to make it. Or we trade back down, we keep Josh Allen, and we just stockpile picks. You know. Well, how much better than Josh Allen? I mean, if, it's, if he's definitely better, but if we... You know, if we think Josh Allen is still good, do we sit <laughs> down or do we take, you know, the number one defensive end or left tackle who could be a Hall of Famer? You know, obviously, like like you said, it could be a crapshoot, but it's how you rate them. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike, what would you think of that? Would you be like, no, you're fired? <laughs> I think there's a lot of unknowns in, in what you're... Um... I know. I know there's unknowns, but I, I... If he was willing to admit his mistake, Yes. In his second year, I don't think he would get fired for it. But I mean that—that's what—that's what you would build. I mean, the more, the more, um, the more balls you have into the lottery drawing, the more chances you have of winning, right? And then you pick up another quarterback, and it's a high-profile quarterback, just like Josh Allen kind of was. You know, uh, you're definitely gonna. Well, you're not definitely. Your odds of finding one are much more likely. I, I do think, regardless, they should be drafting a quarterback every single year until they find the franchise guy. And I mean, they have drafted one three years in a row, so that's good. You know, it's a good sign. And, I, and I'm not, I don't want to say Josh Yellen isn't the answer because I think there's still a possibility he is. So I want to make that clear. That Way too not, early. But, but I mean, I go down this hole and I'm just like, you know, okay, okay. We're going to, we're done with the negativity. I can bring it back up. So what I was going to say is the bills, you know, they, I think they can pull themselves out of this one for next week against the chargers. And, you know, if, if we're all worried about the offensive line and the weapons and stuff like that, um, next year they have over $80 million in cap space and they have 10 draft picks so they can address a lot of things on offense and defense and a lot of the issues. So um, especially if it ends up being an early draft pick. So, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it on that note. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add from the game or anything, any other final notes before we end the podcast? Trust the process. All right, what about you, Mike? I think it was good. I, I like it, it. It's it's not all bad. It's one game, you know, and it might it might all work out in the end. It got Allen on the field, and maybe it'll get him on the field next week. Hopefully, I think that's the direction where we are. The consensus that we have, right? How do you go back to Peterman? Yep. Um, so maybe it ushers in a new era, and 
I mean, you can look back at history, and I mean, we were talking about um, Sam Darnold, and it looks like he's doing good tonight, but a lot of quarterbacks had shaky starts. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Could, and his, could be amazing. To your point, Mike, in his defense for Allen, he wasn't planning the entire week for that team. You know, I mean, it wasn't like he was taking first team mm-hmm. reps the entire week. So maybe, you know, this week, if he is named the quarterback, which I hope they do soon, that he will have a chance at the first-team offense more and the first-team wide receivers and offensive line and stuff like that, so he'll be more familiar so he can get ready for, you know, all those sacks. No, I'm just kidding. So he'll be he'll be ready for, you know, what's what's expected, what the defense could show them. And then there's a week of tape on the Los Angeles Chargers, so who knows? Do you guys think there's any possibility that McDermott does start Peterman? Like, what are the chances? I thought the team looked bad, like – Excluding the individual stats, I thought even the way they were down late in the game, it looked like they had a little different energy. Maybe it was him. I, I agree completely, but I, you know, what if he makes the other choice? I think it goes to what Mike was saying: is that you might lose the locker room if 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 what they feel is that you know Allen is the better option, and they do they did I did notice that too, Mike. They did they did look better as a team. And I think that did have a lot to do with his mobility and his chance to make a play or, or whatever. And, and I think that, you know, if, if he does, I, I think he could lose a locker room. You know, these guys would get defeated already. They've been embarrassed. And now you're going to trot Nathan Peterman out again. I don't, I don't know how you do that. I understand why he would like, he's trying to protect Josh Allen. Like I was mentioning earlier, which I would like to do, but from McDermott's point of view, I mean, I think it would get roasted. If he if he if he puts Peterman out again, he was already made fun of by the national media for doing it to begin with after the five INT game. Now he comes out and throws two more interceptions. And what did he even get the full half? I don't think he even got the full first half, did he? Yeah, he got like a a little bit into the third quarter. Oh, did he? Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) extrapolate that out. That might be four picks. (laughs) So you know, yeah, I I I gotta say it's probably gonna be Allen. Right. As I say, as I say, with no confidence whatsoever, (laughs) I don't know. No quarterback could have won that game, you know, for them based on how their line did and how their running game couldn't get going whatsoever. And then they were down already by their, the way their defense played, they were down that they had to pass all the time, you know, so they couldn't run the ball. Dude, dude, Peterman just didn't look accurate whatsoever. And even when he did have a chance to throw the ball, it was just like, like he threw that one interception that was way above Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin is a six foot five dude. <laughs> he threw it right into the arms of that free safety. Like you don't see that very often. So, I mean, I always been one of those guys to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt in certain situations, but man, he did not help that cause whatsoever. And now to announce our winner for the AFC wild card chances graph that marks the exact moment when the bills ended their 17 year playoff drought. So uh, this winner wins an 8x10 version of this graph that we created at our Public store. And we will ship it to them, as long as it's lower 48 states, uh, free of charge. So just sent some kind of cool that we came up with. So the winner that I added all 84 retweets into this random name picker thing online. And of all the 84 people, let me see. Click this button. It says pick a random name. And let's do this. Hopefully it doesn't lose everyone. Okay, the winner is Ron. Ron. At R-T-A-D-T-E-R. R-Tadter. 
That's you, Ron. You won. You won the 8x10. I'm going to message you, and you are following us, so that's great. Um, you are an Army vet. And go Bills, go Mafia. All right, man. In Georgia. Woo! All right, man. Hey, if you guys aren't following us, please follow us on Twitter, at CTWPod. So I'm going to retweet this out, and I'm going to message a lot of you guys. Message me directly and asked where we can find this if you don't win. Um, since Ron is the winner, if you di- if you are not Ron and you would still like this piece, um, it is at uh, tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And there's the AFC um, wildcard chances graph, and you can buy that in Wallard and 8x10 there. And I'm going to uh, direct message those people, and I'm going to retweet that with the information. So look for it there on Twitter. Follow us at ctwpod, which is where you found this contest. And uh, find us for more contests. We're going to do more giveaways. We're going to do some koozies soon and some other things. So uh, keep following us and uh, keep subscribing to us. And, uh, and congratulations again to Ron. It's all right. So with that, guys, um, I am going to we're going to sign off. So for John, go Bills, fifteen and one. For Mike, go Bills. Next week is the week. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.